Disclaimer, I am not a medical professional or mental health specialist. Please, if you're hurting, reach out for help. There is so much good and helpful advice to be found in podcasts from loved ones, etc., but there's no substitute for and no shame in seeking professional help. Also, trigger warning, this episode does talk about suicide. Hello and welcome to Jordy Happiness Hero. It is Mother's Day and for Mother's Day and in in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, which is the month of May, I have decided that for this episode, my three beautiful, wonderful, brilliant daughters are going to interview me about my mental health journey and how it's affected them. And, and so we're going to see how that goes. Are you ready, girls, to interview your mom? Have a good conversation? I don't think they are. All right. Who wants to start? Man, that talk loud. Uh, what struggles did you go through for when you like? Yeah. Just read your question. You wrote it down. What struggles did you go through, like in your journey, your mental health journey? What struggles did you go through in your mental health journey? Oh, I went through a lot of struggles in my mental health journey. Like, what do you be? If you're being very specific, what kind of struggles would you want me to tell you? I just brought questions down. Well, it's a very good question, Venna. Um, some of the struggles, I, I don't know. Are you talking broad? Are you talking... So, some of the biggest struggles, especially in relation to being a mom who is having a hard time with mental health, is... I had a lot of sh- shame and guilt that I felt on top of everything else. So it was very compounding because I was a mom and I felt like I was not a good mom, that I was not showing up as a mom, that I was not capable of being a good mother. And that really it made the depression even worse. So that was hard. Some big struggles. Now, Ellie goes. Oh, we want to move on. They want to move on from that one. Ellie, do you have a question? Uh, Vanna has other questions. Say it loud. Yes, make sure you're very loud so that the camera picks you up. Is this like a question that I answer? Yeah, anything you want to ask me. Um, do you think that your mental health has uh, affected negatively on us? I... Oh, do I think that my mental health has, did you say negatively affected you? Yeah, negatively impacted us. Impacted you? Has it? Mm-hmm. I would say, honestly, like I feel like it'd be impossible for it not to. Um, I feel like I've tried to do everything I could to try to remediate some of that as I've gotten healthier, but. I do feel like anytime a parent is struggling with mental health struggle, you know, with with their mental health or having a hard time, I feel like anytime when they can't even function, it's hard to be the kind of parent they want to be. 
or could be. And so I feel like no matter what, it's always going to affect the kids. And I hope, I hope there's also good that has come from it for you guys that you've seen, oh, everybody struggles and it doesn't make you weird or a bad person or weak or anything like that. It just is a human thing. And that I hope you guys have seen that you can get through it. Even if you do go through those hard times and that the best thing you can ever do is ask for help. Do you think that maybe you guys have seen that? Um, From watching me go through the whole thing? Kind of, I guess. Ellie, what have you learned from mom's mental health journey? Have Talk you loud. Learned, have you learned any coping skills or have you learned anything or learned any way? <laughs> hey, that takes a lot of practice. That's kind of like breaking bad habits. It takes a very, very long time and then learning new habits takes even longer, I think. It took me a very, very long time to start using all the tools that people were trying to teach me. I had to get healthy enough to want to. All right, Vanna, what's your next question? It's Hadley's turn. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, you're Hadley. Um, Artemis, like, it's my turn. Um, the, the, Talk loud. Is it the first year when you were a kid? So when did mom's mental health journey start? I think that, yeah, I think 100% all the time. Everybody, I feel like... Everyone is on a mental health journey because every single person has a brain. Every single person has emotions. Every single person has all of these things to make them human. And these things also make them susceptible to having struggles with their mental health because everybody has mental health. Um, and yes, as a kid, I did have, I had some struggles, but I feel like it really started in high school maybe middle school and I feel like it was just very much accentuated by the fact that I had a lot of trauma growing up and I think that that's what caused a lot of it didn't cause a lot of there's many things that cause mental health struggles trauma definitely is a contributor genetics is a contributor there's a lot of things your own choices contributor but, yeah, middle or high school is when my depression and anxiety really started. Okay, my turn. What or who, what or who helped you throughout your journey? What or who? There's a lot of what's and a lot of who's. Um, I think Bobo, your, your dad, my husband, was a big, big help throughout my journey because I couldn't even think for myself. And I didn't, I had no will to take care of myself because I didn't even have a will to live. So I think that it was very important and very impactful that Bobo stuck by me the whole time. Bobo could have very well been like, ooh, I can't, I can't do this. She's bringing me down. But instead, of, he stu stuck by me and he helped me get help. And that was a big thing. And you girls were a big part because you always loved me and you always stood by me and you were very patient, patient, patient with me, even when you were little and you had no way of understanding what was going on. You were very good and very strong. And do you guys remember, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a lot of times when I was in my worst state that I couldn't even like be around people. I couldn't connect with people. I couldn't, I just couldn't. And so sometimes 
it was Petey. It was our dog that played a huge role in helping me because Petey would just come and she would sit with me and be like, oh, pet me, I'm the center of the universe. But she would just want to, she would cuddle me and be with me and Petey would be with me without, you know, needing to talk to her or anything, which with a human, you kind of have to sit there and talk to him or something, but Petey didn't need that. So Petey was a very important element when I was going through that horrible, horrible time. Uh, and that, that's one of the reasons I had such a hard time when Petey passed away is because she was a very important part of when I was in my darkest times. And yeah, but also I took a lot of therapy, a lot of counseling, and sometimes the counseling didn't work that great and it wasn't a right fit. And I had to get brave and change some things up and try new counselors. And it, it was a lot of work and I tried different methods and, um, like act and daily living was a big one that worked. Um, CBT, I think is what it's called. Cognitive behavioral therapy. There are a lot of good tools and medicine. Like I used to be so intimidated and opposed and just, I had this stigma in my brain around taking medication to help with my mental health. And when I finally kind of put that stigma aside and was brave and was just, I don't know, when I stopped caring so much about the stigma and just took the medicine and that took some time too. It took some time to find the right medicine and the right... Finding doctors that know what medicine you need. Going to the right professionals, you know, not just going to a general practitioner, going to the right professionals. There was, there was a lot. There's a lot of things that helped me and that I hope people find help from. And I had friends that were wonderful and helpful. I had a lot of family that, like an extended family that was thinking about me and sending me love and, you know, putting positivity out into the universe for my well-being. And that, I know all of that is very important. Love is so influential. Um, I, yeah, there was just a lot of really important, good things. You know what? Quitting my job. I loved my job. I loved my job. I love teaching. I love kids. I love helping. I love, I love curriculum development. I love all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I will say I'm damn good at it too. But at that point, I didn't think I was, but I am, but I let my anxiety and my depression and everything take over and I couldn't do my job anymore. And I became so overwhelmed and I was afraid to quit for a long time because I didn't want to let all those kids down. And when I finally said, well, I'm not showing up for them anyways, and I'm letting myself down. And when I finally was brave enough to just quit, partly because my doctor said you can't work anymore. But when I finally got to that point, like that was a big, that was a big, big, huge, huge thing. Taking that break, taking that break from my job and from teaching was a huge help in helping me get better. Um, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a good job and I'm not going to let the fear, because I'm so scared. I'm so scared about going back to teaching. I'm terrified, but I know that I can do it. And I have to let those voices in my head that are telling me, because I have a narrative in my head going all the time that is very mean to me. I have a bully in my head, girls. Like I have a bully in my brain. And I, sometimes I have to like shut that bully up and I have to learn to like, oh, yep, you're saying that, but it doesn't have to be true just because you're saying that bully in my head. And I, that's what I'm going to do with going back to teaching this time. And I'm going to try and I'm going to pay really close attention to my feelings is not let that bully in my head win. Uh, Sorry for that sound. That was gross. I'm going to have to edit that out. Capri Sun. Um, well, I'm going to have to edit that out.
What do you think that the main cause for your mental struggles was? Oh, that's a good question, Ellie. The main cause. I think for my mental struggles and for anyone's mental struggles, there's always a combination of causes. I don't think it's ever just one thing. I think I was genetically predisposed for depression and anxiety. I was genetically predis predisposed to I knew my mom had some issues because I experienced a lot of things growing up and I remember her being in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't even know this until I didn't even know this until after I was in the hospital myself. When I was in the hospital, Grandpa Griff told me he'd been in the hospital for mental health as well. So both of my parents at some point had. So I was definitely genetically genetically predisposed to that. And then I had a very my childhood, I had a lot of very challenging things that I went through. Um, it was very transient childhood, which means I never was in one place very long. I got moved around all the time. Um, sometimes I had to live with other people because my mom didn't even have a house. She was in a hotel or whatever. Um, I changed schools several times. I, I just struggled. I struggled a lot. And there's a lot of difficult things in my childhood. There are some things I've talked to you about. I don't want to trauma dump too much right now, but you, especially cause you guys already know, but some bad things happened to me when I was a kid, some really bad things. And I have a lot of trauma and that definitely adds to mental health struggles. Uh, one of my, when they were trying to diagnose me with things, they had like medication resistant, uh, major depressive disorder or something like that. And they had anxiety disorder. They had PTSD. That was one of my, uh, diagnoses and PTSD means that you've been through some crap and it still haunts you. And so all of that add to my mental health struggles and my own choices, like not knowing who I was, not being true to not knowing what my own values are as a human and who I am as a human and then not being able to live according to my values because I don't know what that is even though I thought I did I didn't that was a big part of it taking my own life into my own hands and I mean obviously it's not a healthy way but also in a healthy way afterward so that like make my own decisions because the decisions I made that was a big that was a big one that all right who has a question now do you think it will ever end? Oh, that's a very good question, Hat. Do I think it will ever end, my mental health struggle? Honestly, no. I, I mean, I think it will get better. And I think that it'll, I think it's kind of like the ocean. It's kind of like the ocean ebbs and it flows. Like there's tides, right? Sometimes it will be more deep than other times. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, don't, I think that it's not something that just goes away. I think it's something that you learn tools to cope with. It's something you learn things about yourself and it's like exercise. If you want to keep fit, what do you have to do if you want to keep fit? Be consistent, yes. And you have to work at it, work at it, work at it, right? And if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. That's true in every situation. But yeah, you got to, if I want to be more grateful, then I have to practice being, you know, expressing gratitude. If I want to be, if I want to notice the good around me, I have to go out and try to see the good around me and notice it. And it's like when it's there, it's never gone. When it's there, it's never fully gone. But 
you learn how you learn tools to help you live with it better and to help you get by better and to help you help you have a better quality of life. Does that make sense? Thank you. Yep, your turn. What did you do about your mental health when it started getting bad? What did I do about my mental health when it started getting bad? Honestly, I didn't do anything. My mental health just was like slowly getting worse and worse. It was like I was digging myself into a pit of sand or something. I don't know. But when it started getting bad, I just like, I think I even did some things that made it even worse. Like I was not feeling good about myself. So I'm like, what else can I take on to like make me feel better about myself so I can prove like that I'm amazing. That I, And so like I kept making choices that were putting more on me when I really needed help and I really needed a break and and I didn't ask for help because that that would show even more that I was incapable or that I was you know not up to snuff yeah that bully in my head was strong so when I first started having really bad struggles I don't think any of the times that I got help I ever was the one who initially sought help myself until I was actually better enough to do that. But that was a good question. I I wish that more people would just ask for help, but it's a scary thing to do. So I understand that sometimes it takes people close to you who love you, who notice the change in you and who tell, you know, and I had lots of people at work and at home, my family at home tell me like, you're not the same person. Like we can tell something's wrong. It took, it took a lot to actually do anything and to ask for help. Ellie's turn. All right, Ellie, were you next on the question? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start to realize that your mental health was getting worse? <sighs> there, there's several times in my life when I realized my mental health was not okay. Um, when I was a senior in high school, when I was in college, I was probably like a sophomore in college. And then I went to the counseling center on campus and was like, hey, I think I need to talk to somebody. Um, what made you realize it? When I, for me, all the times when I realized it's really not good is when I started having suicidal ideation. So when I started having like persistent thoughts, like with that, that bully in my head got like so toxic that my thoughts became, why are you even here? Like, nobody wants you here. You're a burden on everybody. Like, even if they say they want your, their life's going to be better when you're not. That was the kind of stuff that was going on in my head all the time. And so, yeah, that's how I knew stuff was real bad was when my mind kept telling me this narrative about how the world would be better off without me. And that happened more than one time in my life. But the worst time it went from just that horrible voice in my head telling me that to a plan and a laid out like real scary situation next question um what was your favorite game in the mental hospital that's not a bad question my favorite game in the mental hospital. I don't remember playing any games. Didn't they, didn't they have like a craft tower? Activity. No, they didn't. I, I don't even remember any activities. Yeah, because you guys remember you made those crafts. That, there was crafts. Okay. 
while I was there, it was not my favorite. I thought it was the most stupid thing in the world that there's this group of people in the mental, I don't want to call it the mental, what is behavioral it called? The health behavioral unit. health unit that most of us were all there for the same thing. There's some that were there for other things, but we're obviously suffering and they're like, oh, and you're required to go do arts and crafts for an hour every day. I don't even want to get out of bed and you're going to force me to go. It's like the stuff Aunt Sophie does, right? The uh, recreational, recreational therapy. Recreational therapy. Um, kind of. Is that, I don't know if it's recreation. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, some kind of recreation. But And the reason why they do that is because doing arts and crafts and things like that is very grounding. And it makes you, it kind of forces you into the present moment. Which depression is living in the past. Depression is thinking about the past, thinking about the past, thinking about all the bad things that have happened and everything like that. And anxiety, which is like worrying about the future, worrying about what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. If you can pull yourself out of those, even for a little bit of time to work on an art, arts and crafts or to work on something like that, it helps bring your focus to the present moment. And anytime you're living in the now, you're going to be in a healthier mental state than living in the past in depression or living in the future in anxiety, right? So even though at the time I thought it was real weird and dumb and I was kind of miffed about having to do it, I was grateful for it afterward because it did help me. Like it was one of the only things that helped me get out of that mental state and like that listening to the bully nonstop, nonstop. And in the arts and crafts, when I was there for that week, I did this puzzle. It was like a 3D puzzle thing of the Statue of Liberty out of like, yeah, it ended up falling apart. But I kept it for a long time, just like sentimentally, because it reminded me of like being in this horrible spot. And like the only, the only, uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? The only saving grace or uh, only relief, the only repro. Um, I, I got too much sun today and I'm so tired but like the only relief I could get or that I had found at that moment was just doing this stinking 3D puzzle of the Statue of Liberty this wood 3D puzzle of the Statue of Liberty the only positivity well yeah and it, it's just like the only relief like the only the only time I could take a breath and not have to listen to the bully was when I was building this there's like the light in the darkness. I remember you also did a lot of uh, those coloring, the um, adult coloring books. In the yeah, I, I remember we unit? we had one made and you, you you colored that. I don't think you could. I can't remember, but I think you, or maybe it was right after. It remember. may have been after, but it wasn't in the unit. I don't remember doing that. You may not have even been able to have pens in there. You can't have pens in there. They would if you had to like write something. They would give you these little pens that were like just like the inside of a pen and they're really short and they didn't have like the harder outside part of the pen because people in that mental state will do why do they just give you crayons actually so that's just, there's a question i have a question so tell us what the behavioral health unit is like like what are they oh. not, not you have to get all the like really gritty awful details but like so you show up there what do they do? What's a day in the behavioral health unit like? If so you can I remember. showed up at the emergency room and they immediately take you back to like a little back room. And 
before they get you into the unit, you, you can still have someone with you, but as soon as they take you upstairs, you can't. But in even in the emergency room, the room they take you in, like everything's bolted down and like there's not like a real hospital bed. It's like this plastic box type thingy with like a, not even a real mattress. Like it, everything's like safety proofed so that there's no way for you to harm yourself. No sheets. No sheets because like, they don't want you to, I mean, I'm not going to get into the details of why, but it's very intense, very controlled. And you wait down there sometimes for hours until they can find a spot for you in the behavioral health unit. And then you move up to the behavioral health unit. You can't have a phone. You can't talk to your anybody. Um, they're, they have visiting hours. And I was always very grateful that people showed up for visiting hours. The first few days I didn't want to see anyone, but they showed up anyway. Uh, and I had one friend even that showed up at this see me during visiting hours. Only one person, but Who? it was Tiffany. Um, and I haven't forgot that. That was a pretty meaningful thing. Not that I like, I mean, I'm sure that'd be so weird. Like I don't feel like I would be running to the hospital to see somebody who is, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just such a touchy situation, but, and I was probably not very pleasant to visit with, but she checked up on you me. Got like, we were, you got a few phone calls a day, didn't you? No, you don't get to talk on the phone. I, I thought I remembered you talking to your dad. My dad. At oh, some yeah. point. That is true. At some point I did get to have a phone call. Oh, but they're very limited. Like yeah. you're only allowed like, and they're like, I think people listen in on them. Probably. But I did have a phone call with my dad and that's when he, he was very, he was very emotional when I talked to him. He was very sad that I was in this, in this state of being. And he, that's when he told me that he had himself spent some time in a behavioral health unit, which I'd never known before that because he had got to that low point before. And he ended up singing Bob Marley's Three Little Birds to me while I was in the hospital. This is one of my vivid memories of the hospital. It was my dad in tears singing every little thing it's gonna be all right don't worry about a thing and it was it was a meaningful moment to me and i ended up after my being in the hospital after a while i mean it was a year or so after being in the hospital i ended up getting three little birds tattooed on my ankle on the inside of my right ankle and because i have three little birds i always called you guys my baby birds and then Grandpa Griff sang Three Little Birds to me when I was in the hospital in my worst, worst moment. And yeah, so that's why I have that tattoo. Oh, and I'm, I forgot, I was telling you about other things you might want to know about the behavioral health unit. It's like a hospital floor. It's like a regular hospital floor that you'd expect. I've heard of some people that are like rich and famous going to these fancy places. It's not like that at all. They don't have much room. It's and it's your there's no like specific ones for specific mental illnesses so you're just kind of mixed with a lot of different people suffering from different things um, I ended up making this like little group of friends while I was there um I I think I'm maybe on like social media or something and but I, I haven't really kept in contact which is kind of sad but they were all suffering from things as well we they we went to AA meetings every night, like 
none of the people that I was hanging out with were alcoholics. <laughs> we were all in the mental health. Probably more of like a 12 step. Behavioral. Just... Yeah. We were in the behavioral health unit together and that was just something they did every night was a, was an AA meeting. So I remember doing that. Um, I think they tried to get us to journal. I was not in a mindset to do very much journaling. So I don't know if I did. I don't think I did any actually. Um, sometimes it's, it's, you can't sleep there. The, those are the most uncomfortable beds I've ever been in in my entire life because they're just these plastic boxes that are bolted to the floor. And then they put this teeny little, you know what, initially I don't even know if you have a mattress because it's a hazard or whatever. And then I told them like, after the, they're like, you didn't sleep at all last night. I was like, how do you expect anyone to sleep? Like I'm on a plastic box that is terrible. Oh, yeah, the eight carton mattress. So we paid. So like we, they're like, well, you can request one of these pads if you want. I was like, yes, please, bring me the pad. This is miserable. And you brought it back from the hospital. Well, the the reason I brought threw up on it. The reason I brought it back is because on the billing, like the itemized list for that stay, that what did they charge us for that stupid uh, little egg some, mattress thing? A couple hundred bucks or like something. Like several hundred dollars for this dumb thing. I'm like, oh. Uh, threw up on it. So the beds are horrible and they check on you every 10 minutes. And so even when you're trying, and I'm a, I'm such a light sleeper anyway, but even when you're trying to sleep, if someone comes in and checks on you every 10 minutes, like how are you supposed to sleep? How are the showers? Um, I told them, they, if I remember you told us they didn't have, they don't have like curtains or anything. No, like, there's no door. No door. There's no, no like, it's, oh. It's an interesting situation, that's for sure. And you're like, it's like limited on like how long you can shower or I don't, I don't know. Like they encourage you to shower every single day, but then at the same time, like you have no privacy. So that's a bit troubling. Definitely give away a lot of those kind of rights when you're in those kind of, in that place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like people are like, oh, you just wanted a vacation. Uh, have you ever been in a behavioral health unit? That is not a vacation. <laughs> that is not a pleasant thing. I didn't sleep well for that whole entire time. I think they had to give me, because they are very controlled. You have to go get your meds every day, uh, maybe morning and night. I don't know. It's a very controlled situation. But I think they had to give me like some strong sleeping aids because I was not sleeping at all. It's not a it's it's not a fun thing. When people are like, "Oh, you're just faking it so you can have vacation." Why would you ever do that? Mm. If you're going to like a regular old hospital type one, if you're not like a celebrity or, you know, somebody really rich who can afford to go to one of those fancy ones. And even that, even that, I don't think they're faking it either. I think that that's still a very hard work and a very not an ideal vacation mode. It's still, they're there because I need to be. Yep. Yeah, no kidding, right? If you have the money, you'd go on a real vacation. All right. Anybody else have questions about? She's tired. Did she fall asleep? We've had a very, very fun and wonderful Mother's Day today. It was my dream mother's day we got to see dolphins right next to our boat like so pretty i almost cried like i felt so i was that girl that girl is crying over dolphins successful. 
they're proud of themselves that they planned this wonderful. And we started an early morning hike. Uh, chilaquiles. At chilaquiles. They made me chilaquiles, and I love chilaquiles. And a high, early morning hike, and then going to Beaufort, which is one of my favorite places on the coast in North Carolina. And then riding the ferry out to Shackleford Banks and seeing the wild horses. They came right all around us. And then on the ferry ride back, oh, and shelling. I, I was like a little kid with pockets full of shells. And then on the way back, seeing dolphins all around our boat playing. And it was, oh. Almost saw a shark. Oh, and there was a shark right off the coast of Shackleford that everybody else was like, look, a shark, a shark. We didn't actually see the shark, but it was, and this other kid's just out there, this kid's just out there swimming. He didn't even care. <laughs> it was a perfect day. It was a beautiful day. And so now we're very, very tired. Can I ask you guys a question, girls? Yeah. Have you learned anything? Has any positivity, has anything good come from witnessing me struggle with my mental health? Like, I don't, I wouldn't know because that's just like the way that I thought that it's normal. Because that's just how like I grew up. That's a good point. Like probably a lot of kids don't grow up with seeing or experiencing mental health struggles. So if they ever end up having them later in their life, that's probably harder for them. Yeah, if you guys started having really bad struggles with your mental health, what would you do? That's good. That's a really good first step. What do you think, Had? Do you think that it's a weird or un uncommon thing for people to have mental health struggles? No. It's normal, right? It's just like stomach aches. It's just like other health struggles. Have you guys ever had any struggles with your mental health? Anxiety is a thing. That's a struggle. Perfectionism is a mental health struggle. Yeah. That's especially prevalent in in people who are also gifted, which... My... <laughs> yes, our children are gifted. They're amazing. And emotional intensity. That's another mental health struggle that's common in gifted individuals. <laughs> is something like ADHD is that considered mental health or more yes. like neuro no, that's, no mental that's, health that's, that's like being non-neurotypical yeah non-neurotypical yeah it's a little bit different than like a mental health that's not, it's not different or it is it's neurodivergent yeah which is different, different right yeah that's what I was saying it's like, I think it's a little bit different it's not not categorized quite the same so, Venna, she's snoozing, but she she could have some input on that. ADHD and ODD, huh? Well, I hope you guys, if you learned anything, is that you're not weird. You're not abnormal. Well, I mean, if you if you have... What? Oh, yeah. Well, well, well that... Your mental health doesn't make you... <laughs> but having struggles does not make you weird or abnormal. It doesn't make you different... And you shouldn't be afraid that if you're having mental health struggles to be like, hey, I'm not in a good place right now. I need to pause and work on me for a minute. You know, I need to get help. I think that's a great thing. I love you guys. I love you.
Thank you for making me a mom. A mom. Just let her sleep. Let her sleep. She's tired. It was a long day. I love you guys so much. Love you. And, oh, yeah, we forgot to do the end of the episode things. If we wanted people to know three things, if we had the whole attention of the world for three things, what would you tell them? I, I already kind of took one, so you guys each take one more. Just one? Mm-hmm. Um. I'll pause it while you think. All right. Ellie needed a bathroom break. Do I need to read you guys the book, Everyone Poops? This is the real raw and uncut. <laughs> <laughs> so Hadley, I gave my one takeaway and that was that you're not weird or different or unusual because you struggle with mental health. Like it's a common thing. What's yours? Don't let your anxious thoughts get the better of you. Yes, don't let your anxious or depressive thoughts, don't let your thoughts get the better of you. I think that's a such a good takeaway. That's such a good tool for all of us. Do you have one? Do you have a takeaway, El Bell? What? Do you have a takeaway from our conversation? <laughs> Don't eat so much cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat so much cheese? That's good life advice, Cord. Do you have one applicable to our conversation? <laughs> Don't give Don't give up on yourself or those around you. Yes, don't give up on yourself or those around you. All right. So those are our, our takeaways from this conversation about mental health and my mental health. And Okay, so let's do my end of episode tradition. Put your hands on your chest. Put your hands on your chest. I'm Put your hands on your chest. Head to head. It is a Nanny's dreaming about it. Repeat after me. I matter. I matter. I matter. I am loved. I am loved. I am enough. I am enough. I love you girls. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.